0: Welcome to The How of Business with Henry Lopez and David Begin, the podcast that helps you
1: start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here are your hosts. This is Henry Lopez. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today is Sean Casto. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have Sean on. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about Sean's entrepreneurial journey, and then we're going to dive into and have him share some of his knowledge and experience in the area of apps, applications, apps, and how either that might be a business that you want to get into to develop apps, he's an expert in marketing apps, or how I might be able to use an app as an existing small business owner to better connect with my customers and to grow my business. So we're gonna talk all about apps today with Sean. If you wanna receive more information about the how of business, then uh, we're going to include the links in the show notes page as well for everything we talk about, but simply text the word biz, B I Z to 31996 that's biz to 31996. So let me tell you a bit about Sean and then we'll get into the conversation. He is the founder of pre apps. Uh, they are their premier app marketing agency and we'll chat a bit more about what they do today. Sean has helped thousands of apps reach millions of downloads, and uh, Sean is also the creator of the App Marketing Academy, which is an online mobile app marketing program. He has worked with million-dollar apps like Flip, Overkill 2, and Gadgetflow, and even billion-dollar apps like Cheetah's Mobile Security Master. He's a popular speaker and a writer, and he's the author of his recent book, App Secrets, which has been an Amazon bestseller. Sean lives in the Boston area. And so once again, Sean Casto, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to have you. How's the weather up there in Boston anyway? Oh, it's getting cold. It's getting real cold. Yeah, we're recording this in January and we are cold down here in Dallas. So, but thanks for taking the time to be with me today. Uh, I want to get started what we usually do, which is in your entrepreneurial journey. As I was doing the research, I saw you studied um, mostly entrepreneurship and finance and other things. But tell me what the plan was Did you always know you wanted to be your own boss.
0: I did. I did. I was one of those, you know, unique, weird kids, you know, back at, you know, since elementary school, you know, selling lemonade and on the corner and Pokemon cards and, uh, baseball cards and open houses and all that good stuff, uh, selling candy to friends. And so I just had that knack, you know, some kids just have that, um, that in them that they're just like, you know, let me look at opportunities and I was just one of those unique uh, kids. I think it also was a big factor. My father was also an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, and so I got to see, you know, what it was like to be your own boss um, and how he was able to really take full advantage of, of that. Uh, and so I really had that spark in me at a very young age. And so I quickly got into tech um, and, you know, I saw the rise of, of Facebook back in high school. And, uh, and then so I wanted to create my own you know social network. Naturally, of course, if you see something work, you're like, oh, I want to do the same thing. I can't be that difficult. And so ended up creating my own social network uh, in high school called uh, Friend City uh, and then worked on a few other projects um, and uh, and then kind of knew that I wanted to go into tech. And I knew also I needed more experience to understand really the business realm of, of it all. I knew that the, the development side and uh, I, I realized that I needed support and more of the team management, business, finance, and, and the such. And so I uh, went from, I grew up in Los Angeles, California, and then decided I wanted a new environment, new, new place to, to start. And so I understood that Boston was a good place to, uh, to be for, for online tech and uh, mobile startups. Obviously, it's where uh, Zuckerberg started off and a lot of brilliant minds over at Harvard and MIT. And so I wanted to go to a school in New environment to study entrepreneurship, and it was at school that I started to really start my own businesses as well. I started building out mobile apps, uh, ended up founding a few different companies, investing in a few others, uh, and then kind of brought me work to where I am today.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Lots of there, lots there, Sean. When you were developing that social network in high school give us a time frame what what else was out there or was there anything else out there that you thought just wasn't up to what you wanted to build just tell me about what era we're talking about here i'm just curious
0: yeah so this was what it would have been um you know early probably the this Second year of, of Facebook's uh, inception okay. obviously my state my space was was um, right. was already out at that time and uh, and so there's a lot of uh, excitement around that and uh, and so I, I saw um, an opportunity uh, I realized the development from a development standpoint actually wasn't that difficult to build um, It was just getting people on, on board was was the difficult process. So uh, you
1: so were like, a coder then you coded it yourself.
0: I did. Uh, I, I, I obviously I knew how to code, but I'll be honest, I wasn't the best coder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and to, even to this day, I would not call myself, you know, um, a programmer. Where did
1: you learn to code? Did you hack it yourself, or did you go to classes? How did you learn to code?
0: Yeah, no, I just learned online uh, on my own. I actually didn't take any specific classes. Um, you know, read uh, and just kind of one of self learners. Uh, but what I learned early on was again the fact that. Uh, I probably wasn't the best coder. And if I wanted to accelerate, you know, what I wanted to create, I needed to build a team. And so I ended up partnering with others to be able to build it out for me. Yeah.
1: Do you think though, that skill to be able to code, whether it's good or, you know, whether you're the best or not, doesn't matter. Has that helped you now in business or did it help you going forward in business to be able to at least create prototypes or mockups? Tell me about whether you think that was an advantage or not.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a good question, Henry. Well, the reality is, If you want to be a business owner, if you want to be a successful CEO, you don't need to code. You don't need to know how to code. Uh, You just know the high levels uh, aspects of, you know, how to be able to deal with programmers um, and engineers. Uh, And I think that's really, really important is understanding, you know, management, understanding what's possible and be able to, you know, work towards that. Uh, I do think it's also beneficial if you're starting early on, you know, how to prototype, how to create designs and user interfaces, and, you know, whether it's through Photoshop or through PowerPoint, uh, to be able to create something from nothing uh, of what you're looking and envisioning to, to create. So you can actually have something from a visual standpoint to show someone else, hey, this is what. I'm thinking this is what uh, you know I could I foresee to be the product Uh, and then you can you know onboard developers and designers and other people to be able to create that for you
1: yeah yeah that makes sense all right so back when you were younger and you knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur why was it what what is it what is it about it that you thought back then I want to be my own boss what was it about it that appealed to you so much
0: Well, I realized, you know, success leaves clues. And I realized that, you know, if I wanted to achieve success, all I need to do is model those that have already succeeded. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all have those, you know, mentors and and, and, uh, visionaries that we all aspire to be. And I, I saw those individuals and read their biography, watched their movies, et cetera. And I found that they're all, you know, CEOs or business owners. I also read, you know, the book, uh, rich dad, poor dad. When I was very young, and I realized that if you want to be wealthy, in the sense of of you know having both um, financial freedom and you know uh, physical freedom to do what you want when you want, you have to be able to have either be a business owner or a high level investor to be able to have systems and process in place. So you're not trading time for money, and that's what I love about you know tech and, and mobile uh, is you're not trading time for money. Uh, you're not. You don't need to uh, service you know, individuals you're servicing a platform that therefore services, you know, millions of people.
1: Yeah. Well Especially making
0: money while you sleep.
1: Yeah. Rich Dad Poor Dad was a big influence for me as well. I think I think it's one of those must read books for every aspiring business owner or existing business owner. Um all right. So what leads then to you starting pre-apps, your current business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, ended up building a bunch of different apps when I was uh, in in college, Um, apps for my own, and then I also worked for an app development company. And I understood that the reality was it actually become increasingly easier and easier um, over the years to be able to create a a, a mobile app. Um, The hard part is actually getting it out there. And so I was building these apps, and they just weren't getting traction. I was like, these are great products. Why aren't people downloading them? I mean, my mom loves it. Why, why doesn't everyone else love it, right? <laughs> and so, uh, so I realized that uh, you know, statistically, you know, 95% of apps fail mm. uh, fail to be discovered because they're lacking the marketing realm. Developers aren't marketers. Uh, and so a lot of these you know, crazy, uh, amazing apps are built by individual developers or companies that are really development-focused and not really marketing-focused. And, uh, and so I, I saw this kind of need in, in the marketplace. And so what I did is I started to really drill deep and I started to, you know, read every book out, out there, take every course, uh, interview some of the top billion dollar app creators and, and these individuals uh, to be able to understand what were these traits, you know, how, what separated the, um, you know, apps that failed versus the apps that reached extraordinary growth. And so... The reality is all of the most successful apps, including, you know, Candy Crush, Instagram, Airbnb, Uber, Snapchat, incorporate the same fundamental traits. And, you know, uh, in this book that I've been working on over the past eight years now called App Secrets, I uncover, you know, how you can use these same strategies that today's fastest growing apps use to be able to create your own, you know, million dollar, multi-billion dollar app, the same strategy techniques that, uh, that we incorporate from an agency standpoint. And so, you know, it was about, I guess, eight years ago now, wow, uh, eight years ago now, I started a company uh, called PreApps, uh, which is an app marketing agency. And uh, we slowly started working with, you know, these these apps uh, to be able to help market them, help bring them to, to market, be able to reach their initial marketing goals, and then to be able to get them to where they wanted to be, whether that's, you know, zero to 100,000 downloads, 100,000 to a million, a million to 10 million, even 10 million to 100 million. And so, you know, slowly we began to learn, you know, that success was, in fact, repeatable. You can incorporate the right techniques and fundamentals across various different categories of apps. And there were certain things that were essentially just required in order to be able to, you know, become successful in this space. And so we started advancing and building out the agency and working with more and more clients. And to this day, we've now worked with over 3,000 successful apps over the wow. last eight years now.
1: That's impressive. I got to think, uh, Sean, as you were describing that, did you find it that because this whole apps space is relatively new, you know, compared certainly to other industries, did that give you an advantage perhaps to be able to come into this space as a small marketing firm and, and be able to get traction? In other words, if you were offering marketing services to, you know, let's say the retail industry, you'd be competing against long established firms that have been around forever. Uh, was that from a business perspective? Do you think that that give you an opportunity to come into a market where there isn't as much of a hang up on who are you and what did you do 20 years ago?
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely valid. But I mean, even today's market, I don't think people, are, when it comes to marketing and, and what's going on in, in today's market, I don't think people really care about what did you do 20 years ago. They want to know what did you do last month? You know, who was your last biggest clients. Um, and so what we found is, is you know that it's not really as relevant in today's market just because the marketing does change and businesses you know evolve most businesses don't even last that long you know you're looking at a space where we're talking about the most successful billion dollar companies now are just you know started a few months, a few years ago right mm-hmm. and so yep. uh, you know i think it's not really as relevant in terms of, of having that you know 20 30 years of experience but really understanding what's working right now and to be able to adapt and evolve you know accordingly mm-hmm. um, you know that said you know like the reason why it's it's, it's great is you know there's riches in the niches right and so i think being able to really focus on a specific market and dominate that market and understand what works and what doesn't work in that market is definitely, you know, key to success of any business.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So I wanted you to, I want to start as we segue into speaking more about apps, about getting your, you know, kind of state of the industry, if we will. But, you know, one of the things you mentioned, which makes it very clear, 95% of apps fail to be discovered. Is that the biggest challenge currently by and large? I might have an incredibly functional, great idea for an app or an actual app. But if I don't get found, it doesn't matter. Is that where it is today?
0: For the most part, yes. I mean, when the app first started, uh, when app market first started, you know, eight years ago now, it was more like the wild, wild west, right? Nice. It was like the first, yeah. um, if you had a like photo editing app, um, you were going to get millions of downloads just because if you had a decent product, there just wasn't that much competition. Right. Uh, unfortunately, now there's over 15,000 new apps introduced every single week now, 15,000. Uh, And so there's just so much competition uh, every single week and fluctuating the market into new apps, not to mention the 2 million existing apps that are already available. Um, And so, you know, there's only only so many apps that can appear for specific search results. I mean, you're not going to scroll down to hundreds of thousands of apps, you know, just like you wouldn't go to page 57 when you do a Google search. You're only going to look at the top, you know, uh, three results. So yes, uh, you know, marketing is really the lifeblood of any successful app, and you know, we get people that approach us, and you know, it's so unfortunate because they, they, some of these apps that that are out there. I mean, people spend years developing, you know, what they thought was the most innovative, revolutionary, creative app in the world, and spend a million dollars in development, and they come to us, you know, months later after launch, and they're like, you know, we have zero downloads. And I'm like, well, you know, what good was spending a million dollars on an app if you have zero downloads, right? And so you should be able to incorporate the right marketing initiatives in place to be able to, you know, um, to to market that app successfully. We typically advise now that, you know, because of the importance, marketing should be, you know, the equivalent, if not double the amount you spent on development.
1: Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's so different. I mean, obviously a lot of people who come to this, maybe come from this world, but I know that for me coming from a more traditional brick and mortar business experience, I would never have thought that kind of ratio from marketing to development, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why, if you look at the financials of some of these billion dollar apps, how much money they spend in marketing to be able to stay relevant in today's you know environment.
1: Yeah. All right. So you alluded to, and of course, the book covers this in detail, these, the seven pillars, as you call it, or the strategies I wonder if you could just summarize those at a high level and then maybe we'll deep dive or a little bit deeper dive into one or two of them uh, as the time permits on the show today.
0: Yeah, of course. I'd be happy to. And so, yeah, I mean, over the past, you know, eight years now, uh, just interviewing and working with thousands of apps, we have found that there are certain traits and, and techniques that a lot of these most successful billion-dollar apps uh, share. And, you know, from Uber to Snapchat we're able to really outline how today's fastest growing apps reach extraordinary growth and how you can really essentially copy the same strategies for yourself. And what we outline, you know, the seven pillars of creating a million dollar app. Um, and if you'd like, I can just kind of quickly go over those, those pillars. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, perfect. Uh, so pillar number one is actually a grand vision and you might be wondering, you know, what having a clear vision has to do with creating a successful app. Well, the reason why I start the pillars with vision is that, you know, I've seen, App creators who aimlessly launch their app without a destination or goal are the quickest to fail and I see so many people waste time and money building their app without having the end in mind you know every billion dollar app creator at some point declared what they wanted and developed a roadmap to be able to get there and most people work from you know where they are now to where they want to be and this is kind of backward strategy and you have to begin as though you already have the end in mind as if it's already accomplished and done for you, and then you know work backwards, not forwards, to be able to create the roadmap to get there.
1: And it's really so, so all- can you give me an example there because that that is counterintuitive to, for example, a lean canvas design where we prototype and grow to. What it might evolve to. And so, am I following you correctly? Yeah, essentially.
0: So, you know, okay. when it comes to development, it's a different story. Okay. Uh, but it's still having that grand vision. I'm not saying, like, for example, launch an app with every little uh, features and functionality, and having that business, you know, complete day one. It's having that vision in your mind and that roadmap to be able to go back and saying, okay, in year one, this is exactly where we need to be to be able to accomplish what we want to accomplish. But yeah, I can give you a few examples. So, for here, examples are. are Here are exact examples of grand visions that that these apps had. for example. So Uber, um, it's stated that Uber's grand vision for the future when they first started was to connect one billion people who need a reliable ride with people looking to earn money to drive their car. This is their grand vision that they started out with day one. Uh, Square, which is the um, app that uh, you can use a POV system to be able to take transactions at most businesses now. Uh, their uh, vision was revolutionizing commerce for sellers and their customers. Uh, Square creates product and services that push boundaries and, innovatives and innovates businesses. So you actually can find these visions uh, online. If you were to find, you know, what was their grand vision, you can actually see this is what they stated day one, essentially, of their business.
1: Okay. All right. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, and the reason right. why, again, it's pretty clear, when you when you visualize, you materialize. So, you know, when you have that grand vision for the, your future, you have to be able to then take massive action. You know, I believe success is your kind of duty and obligation, but you have to take massive action to be able to get there. You can't obviously just sit around and wish that uh, it all will just work out because, you know, obviously a goal without a plan is just a wish. So uh, to be able to back up the grand vision is really taking massive action to be able to accomplish that once it's, you know, obviously established. Um, So pillar number two is innovation. Uh, Innovation is the second essential pillar for building a successful app. Without it, you are a commodity. Uh, And to innovate in its purest form, I believe, is to really solve a user's need better than anyone else on the market. It is really adding superior value to the end user. And the key is really being user-centric, knowing your user's wants and needs better than anyone else. And you can innovate in many ways, uh, but it's obviously useless if it doesn't provide a perceived uh, advantage to that user. And so, you know, why do you think Square, Snapchat, Evernote, Uber, and other, you know, billion-dollar apps launch, you know, new innovative enhancements every single month? They don't do this because uh, they want to. They do it because they have to. Uh, If they don't, they continue to – if they don't continue to innovate, you know, they'll become irrelevant in the near future. And innovation must be kind of continuous in that realm. And so that's why – we really outline in this chapter really how you can create a product and create something that people really simply cannot live without using yeah. kind of real examples in this uh in this chapter
1: that, that can be a little challenging though sean i have to think when i'm uh, trying to come up with the better mousetrap you know the better app than the 15 that already exist in my category so how do you guide people there? Because we often can make the, thing, the mistakes. So it might not be better, but you have to be really innovative. Does it need to be a leapfrog ahead of what's out there already to get found? Or just tell me about that.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question, Henry. And so sometimes the smallest positive change results in the greatest impact. So I'm not saying that you have to have uh, something completely different i'm not saying like saying change sectors and go from you know do vr or ar or all these different kind of new trends right now Um, you know a small enhancement can have a breakthrough impact and become the greatest innovation you don't need to reinvent the wheel or be the first to market to succeed In fact, it's best to actually emulate what is currently working in the market, and then add or improve upon it. Evernote, for example, which is the um, the note one of the note apps, uh, was not the first you know uh, building productivity app. Uh, Uber was not the first ride sharing app. Snapchat was not the first social app. They all simply emulated what worked and innovated in a unique way and solved users' needs better than anyone else on
1: the market. Okay. All right. Makes sense. All right. Number so number two is innovation. Number three.
0: Number three is growth marketing. Uh, And so this all covers really the basics of really understanding the marketing uh, in terms of a mobile app space. And in my opinion, growth marketing is really two things. Number one, it is the process of driving users to your app to download it and purchase what you offer while increasing the appreciation of your app in the process. Number two is the continual education of your users uh, to the advantages, benefits, and results your app brings them that no one else can provide. It's about really conveying how your app is both unique and irresistible. And, you know, contrary to what most believe, just obviously building an app in the app store doesn't really mean that it'll naturally be discovered and downloaded. You know, as I mentioned before, there's over you know, 3,000 new apps uh, introduced every single day now. And the chances of your app being discovered without effective marketing is really slim to none. Yeah. And uh, you know, apps don't fail because they didn't build the right product. They fail because they didn't get the traction of acquiring users uh, and be able to kind of build upon that. Okay. And uh, and so yeah, I mean, in this chapter, we really go drill deeper, step by step. We kind of share what we call our skyrocket downloads method, a breakdown of a ten-step system that is used to launch or update you know, any app successfully and to be able to maximize downloads within the App Store and Google Play. Uh, so the next pillar is uh, pillar number four, which is team. Uh, in this chapter, I share the core characteristics and traits required for a successful uh, team to be able to build a very successful business. You know, although we look at, uh, up to the founders of and CEOs of businesses, You know, there would be no Snapchat without Bobby Murphy. Murphy. There would be no Uber without Garrett Camp. There would be no Apple without Steve Wozniak. Uh, And, you know, the list goes on. The truth is you can only be as successful as the people with whom you surround yourself. You know, a million dollar app begins with a million dollar team. And so in this chapter, we really kind of break down um, the characteristics and traits that are required to be able to build a successful team and also share, you know, the power of delegation and outsourcing to accelerate growth.
1: This is Henry Lopez. Before we continue with this episode, I have a few questions for you. Are you struggling with getting started or making the transition from your corporate job to starting your own business? Or are you a current small business owner who needs help with managing and growing your business? Are you ready to invest in your future? I invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. Just text bizcoach to 31996 for more information. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business dreams and goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner, I understand the challenges you are facing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions so that you can make progress towards achieving your goals. I can help you get there. To find out more or to schedule your free coaching session, just text bizcoach.com to 31996 now. That's B-I-Z-C-O-A-C-H, bizcoach, to 31996. Or visit thehowabusiness.com. So let's talk about this one for a moment. We, we, we talked a little bit about it at the outset when you were explaining, you know, I'm not a great coder and so I have to get that help. When you look at working, let's let's look at it from the perspective of when you look at working with a new client, they've got an idea. What are you looking for in the components of those teams, the skill sets, the people, the backgrounds? You just give me an example of what you would think is an ideal team and the people that I need to have on that team.
0: Well, of course. So, you know, when it comes to uh, from our agency standpoint, you know, obviously we don't. Um, really take that too much into consideration in terms of whether or not we're going to work with a client if they don't have the right team in place. Um, But when it comes to, you know, uh, if it were to, let's say, partner or invest in a startup or a mobile app, there are certain things that I would look for. Uh, And so in this book, we can outline the, again, characteristics. And, you know, what we found is there's really three main players uh in in a startup when it comes to kind of building this out and this is kind of seen in various different types of of billion dollar apps and so number one is what i outline is the hustler Uh, the hustler is ultimately the visionary the visionary primarily focuses on the what and the how and the why of the business you know what is the plan what is the next step what is the end goal and they're the ones that are able to articulate and communicate uh to those uh, that are looking to kind of be involved with the team. They're looking, they bring on the investors. They bring on the teammates. They bring everyone on to be able to really turn and interpret, interpret a world that others don't even really know exists yet and bring into fruition through uh, really communication. And so, you know, whether Steve Jobs wants to admit it or, or Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg, they're all hustlers. Uh, and so that's kind of what we outline is that kind of first characteristics, to be able to bring on those individuals and share a vision. The second one is a product manager. This is the individual that really executes um, and really the integrator uh, of the team. This person has the gift of translating that vision into execution and completion. You know, They're the ones who deal on the how and the who uh, to be able to really build uh, that product or, or business into a reality. And then lastly is really the growth hacker. Uh, they're the ones that are, are really focused on uh, ultimately marketing and growth engines. Uh, they, they are the problem solvers and typically, you know, are in charge of, of growth marketing and uh, unique tactics to be able to understand really what's testable, measurable, and scalable to be able to drive you know those users and that traffic to equate to to sales.
1: So, who is the who's the person that has the technical knowledge? Maybe the coder or the person that can hire the coders. Is that the product manager? That's correct. Okay, and so that person, if they're not a top-notch coder, then they understand enough about that space to hire or partner with the right people.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You could call that person the CTO um, or, or you know, the growth um, development experts, wherever you want to call them. They're the individuals that are really in charge of, of um, you know, the integration and, and creating the product.
1: Okay. All right. So four was team, number five is... Number five is virality, retention,
0: and app addiction. You know, every app creator, almost essentially, you know, business in itself as well, uh, seeks two things. Uh, They want their product or app to become, you know, a viral success. And number two is they need customers to retain, update, and use the, you know, product or app several times uh, to be able to. Uh, have it, you know, continually growth, and very, very uh, exponential growth. Uh, they want their app to be so addictive that users subconsciously feel they must, you know, consistently use it on a daily basis. I call that virality retention and app addiction. And so Not in this- App
1: addiction, you said. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. App addiction, yeah. um, which is, you know, becoming actually more of a, a, a buzzword uh, in today's environment just because, you know, we're finding that you know, certain demographics- particularly the young, um, you know, middle school to high school students are becoming so increasingly addicted to specific mobile apps that it almost becomes a problem in, in, in you know, d- daily society. Yeah. Uh, but from a business standpoint, it's obviously the creme to the creme, de la creme right? That's exactly what you want. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I, I believe that apps don't go viral by accident. Viral, virality is really strategically engineered. And so in this chapter, I share uh, what we call our viral app blueprints on how the top apps really go viral using growth engines. I also cover retention and getting users to come back to the app and really making your app an everyday habit.
1: Okay. All right. Number six. Number
0: six is money mastery. Uh, and this is really understanding, you know, the core metrics of what uh, makes a successful mobile app business and not a app habit or, or you know, a um um, something that's you know a hobby of something that they create because the problem is in today's environment the majority apps that are launched every day are actually hobby apps that I call them they're not necessarily businesses because they don't really have the right uh, monetization in place they're not treating their app like a business they're treating it like a hobby or uh, a work of art or something of that nature uh, and not a mechanism that's going to grow and therefore same statistic is the same reason why a lot of them end up failing because they don't have the resources uh, to be able to continually grow and sustain that particular app and uh, and so you know as of two thousand and seventeen, uh, Apple and Google have collectively paid out over one hundred and fifty billion dollars uh, to app creators and in this chapter, I walk them through exactly you know how to be able to get that piece of that pie, how to be able to understand how these billion dollar apps really grow very quickly uh, and, and make the most uh, capital out of each user
1: okay all right, and then seven is what.
0: Pillar number seven is measuring success because you can't improve what you don't track. And so it's all about understanding what to track in the business, the key performance metrics, uh, and, you know, be able to really understand what metrics are going to be the biggest driving lever to to growing that business. You know, uh, a lot of people that we connect with say, hey, well, you know, I don't have a billion dollar app yet, so I don't really need to track certain things. Well, on the contrary, many developers launch their app, yet only monitor, you know, their number of downloads and sales. And this is where many apps fail, you know, without tracking key performance metrics, you won't understand what's actually driving those downloads. If you don't know what's driving those downloads, you don't know how to improve upon those downloads, or where your most engaged users are coming from, or what, uh, you know, channels are driving the most sales. Uh, And so studies have shown that apps using, you know, app analytics outperform competitors three to one. Uh, and so we really outline exactly what's uh, going to be key to be able to measure, you know, the right success.
1: Okay. All right. Great, Sean. Thanks for laying that out for us. And uh, obviously all seven of these pillars or strategies are important, but if I've been following, if I had to, you know, pick one out that was really important, I, I think it would be the growth marketing because I think that's most related to the initial point, which is, you know, again, 95% of the apps fail to be discovered. So, Is that an area that you commonly see people make a mistake? Oh,
0: most definitely. I mean, again, that's why I created a whole company really geared specifically to that, um, you know, uh, aspect. Uh, You know, Pre-Apps is the company that that we built, and we're the number one app marketing agency out there now uh, because we understand really the importance and need in the market. And without certain fundamentals incorporated and done correctly, uh, you know, the app is really destined for failure. And what's unfortunate is there's so many different players out there now, a lot of what they call app gurus and app experts um, that are trying to convince people on on the, the latest, you know, growth hack or the, you know, their latest little um, trick. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people fall short and they end up working with these people because they're, you know, they're just, able to get a lot of different excitement around what they're sharing, but they're, they're losing a lot of the fundamentals that are really required. And so we always advise those to really understand, you know, the core business and the marketing that's really required in order to be able to get out there and then to scale and grow uh, using, you know, the right metrics in place and everything being data driven, you know, not just based on what individuals are saying, but actually what's working in the industry right now and, uh, and particularly your direct competitors and to be able to model off of them.
1: Yeah. One of the questions I wanted to ask is how do I validate if I've got a good idea for an app? Uh, And I'm thinking that that maybe the question is, is part of validating that question, do I have a good idea? Is is it identifying if I'm going to be able to uh, identify a good market that I can reach for that? Is that part of how you would help somebody decide, is this a good idea for an app?
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we always uh, – I mean, I get pitched literally 10 times a day, you know, hey, what do you think yeah. about this app idea? And one is there's really no such thing as an, an original app idea any, anymore uh, just because there's, again, 15,000 new apps introduced every single uh, mm-hmm. week now. And so what you want to be able to do is understand, you know, if you have an app idea – uh, figure out okay well what are the biggest competitors out there uh, maybe they're not you know they doing the exact same thing that you envision but they are maybe solving a certain need they're solving a similar problem and understanding what they did and where they are today and if you think that you know idea has merits then go ahead and actually create a prototype get some you know feedback get people actually talking about it and get you know everything in place to be able to actually uh, you know turn it into a reality and on today's market you can create an app far easier than you ever have before and far cheaper you can literally create an app in days now whereas before it would take you know months if not years mm-hmm. uh you can do it now with the you know smallest amount of capital you can build it on your own or you can have individuals or platforms create it for you but the, the reality is there's no such thing as a million dollar app idea only a million dollar app execution mm-hmm. and so you know people tell me all the times oh i should have you know. Uh, They stole my idea. I saw this app the other day and they stole my idea. Well, (laughs) obviously, you know, they deserve the credit because they actually turned their idea into reality.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And uh, in this world, this happens so fast and it's so relevant. But I think, Sean, I think that applies anywhere in business to an extent. It's those who execute that win.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: All right. So if I'm an existing small business owner like like myself, uh, let's take the example of my self-serve frozen yogurt shop. We, we don't currently have any kind of an app uh, from a customer loyalty, for example, or anything like that. Um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and get your thoughts there on how I should be thinking about it. Should I go the route of having somebody custom build my own? Should I take uh, a loyalty program providers app? Just give me some guidance there and what you've seen. I know that's not specifically what you do because you help people market uh, an app and and get those millions of downloads. But you have experience here in this area. Give me your thoughts there on small business owners and what they should be looking at if they think an app could help them grow their business.
0: Well, I mean, uh, I can first say, you know, that I truly believe that traditional businesses um, have become more reliant on on mobile users than ever before. Absolutely. Um, And I do think that if obviously to to the extent of how big your small business may be you know, you will become irrelevant if you don't have a mobile app in the near future. Uh, Any retail or online store is at a disadvantage if they don't, are not really engaging with users on mobile. Why? Because, you know, their competitors are already doing it. You know, if you don't do it now, your competitor will. It's just where the market is going. Uh, You can't, being in the mobile space, you can have to realize that your phone, your iPhone has really become extension of your body, right? And no ever better time in history have been able to have a, a uh, product where you can actually get, you know, something in, in uh, notified and, you know, interacting with your potential customers 24 uh, seven, all throughout, you know, virtually throughout the world. Uh, whereas before you'd have to do it just for, you know, face to face and have them come to your brick and mortar store. You know, here are two examples, Starbucks, a uh, traditional business, which generates revenue from selling coffee. Why would Starbucks, who sells coffee to individuals, want a mobile app? Well, you know, it has more than 50 million people using their app every single month now. 50 million. That was actually a stat that they launched probably a year ago. Hmm. I'm sure it's even probably twice that by today. A company that sells coffee has 50 million people using their app every single month. Uh, Great Clips is actually another good example. Uh, they, they are a salon, uh, a company called Great Clips is a brick and mortar barbershop and they have over five million downloads. Why would someone who has a barbershop want an app? Well, you know neither business sells a product or service that is directly accessible through their app. So why bother even having one? Well, the answer is, customer engagement brand recognition and increased sales uh, those are kind of three predominant areas that are really crucial to you know a brick and mortar business and so retailers understand the value of an app comes in the form of really mobile purchasing so you can actually purchase via mobile um, reservations you can book in advance uh, and keeping the customer really engaged with your brand and incentivizing them through rewards coming back to you as opposed to some of your competitors and if you have a business and they currently do not have an app Again, you know, my book App Secrets can really guide you with uh, the opportunities of growth.
1: In that. Yeah. So, do you are you seeing and do you envision that a a mobile ready or mobile friendly website is not going to be enough? That in most cases, an app is where it's going as far as how I'm going to connect with that customer.
0: Correct. In today's market, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, about five six years ago, uh, Silicon Valley, you know, their um, their philosophy was, you know, go mobile first, right? Before you even create a website, just go, you know, create a mobile web version of it um, or create, you know, a mobile app. Now it's mobile only. Don't even worry about your website. Just create a mobile app.
1: Right. But, um, but, what, and- but what, I, what I was curious about is one of the things I hear, and I, I'm sure this is going away. It's a current uh, hardware constraint. Like my daughter would tell me, well, I don't want that app because it's taking up space on my phone. And I know that's a short term constraint, but it's, but it's a real constraint, but beyond that, you're seeing that people are going are gonna to demand and want to interact with those brands to which they're going to develop any kind of loyalty through an app, not just a mobile-friendly website.
0: Yes, yeah, just because there are certain things that you can take advantage of as, a, as an app as opposed to a website. Okay. Uh, so there are things that's going to make your business unique. By having a mobile app as opposed to a website, things for example, push notifications. You yep. can you know provide them you know incentivized notifications, uh, you know on bonuses and things like that. That's going to text them. Um, you know, when, when things occur. You can't do that with the other websites. You can't also see where they are through location-based, uh, you know, initiatives. You can see, you know, uh, if they're close to your, your, your shop, you can give them a specific bonus. You can say, hey, you know, make sure to stop in type of scenarios. You can also be very creative in the value that you offer them within the app that you can't do on, on web.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also the exposure of it. In the case of my yogurt shop, I'm very dependent right now on the Facebook platform, which somebody else controls, right? And can yank from under me at any time or apply rules that change my access to my customers. So that's that's the other argument I got to think is now I have control over how I'm going to engage with that customer. Is that fair?
0: Exactly. That's why we wouldn't really recommend using like, you know, third-party platforms or systems because you're not in control of your own business anymore. Um, and there's certain limitations of what you can do. Um, maybe if you want to just dabble, you know sure you can kind of go into that, but again there 's going to be a lot of limitations and you 're going to be stuck with that platform that 's why right. and, and again in today 's environment it 's become increasingly easier and easier to be able to create your own custom app that you have full control in, and you can still have another company manage the development side so you don 't have to worry about development or coding you can have you know, other people actually um, take care of that for you uh, and then another company to help you market it um, and then you know again you have full control of your
1: own business yeah. All right. Uh, we'll start to summarize here. I want to ask this question from both perspectives. If I'm someone who's looking to develop an app, that's that's the business I want to get into. Where where, where do I start?
0: Sure. If you're looking to to create a mobile app, uh, you know the first step, of course, is to you know get your ideas on paper, uh, creating that prototype, uh, and then you know connecting with uh, a development company uh, who can you know provide you with a few quotes on what it's going to look like to be able to build it out. Uh, and then once you have that, uh, you know, secured and it's being in the process of development, you then want to think about marketing. You know, how are you going to get this app out there? Uh, and then that's where companies like myself, uh, you know, PreApps and other others um, are able to kind of support you and kind of be your marketing arm to be able to ensure that, you know, that app is successful.
1: And so I think if, if I ask the same question from a small business owner like my yogurt shop and I wanna connect better with my customers, the answer is probably the same. Do I need to worry as much about the marketing since I've got a quote unquote captive audience or what am I missing there? You do
0: because let's say if you have a brick and mortar store, um, what if you can get people to come to your um, you know, business uh, from the mobile app, as opposed to you having to actively promote the app. Um, so there are different channels and ways in which you can actually get, you know, advance your marketing. You can really build your, uh, company, you know, five times as fast, uh, through certain marketing channels and you have to have the kind of the mobile app to do that.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. We've touched on it, but summarize for us the, the services that you offer through your business pre-apps.
0: Yeah. Again, uh, we are a full service app marketing agency. Um, If anyone is in the process of building an app um, or, you know, already has an app and looking to kind of take it to the next level, uh, we're happy to connect with you. Uh, We do provide for those in this community, uh, free consulting calls. Um, And so we'll go ahead and uh, include a link to the show notes where you can Learn more about that uh, to be able to connect with one of our app growth experts to be able to really create a custom app growth plan uh, specifically for your app. Um, and then, of course, you know, obviously, we, as a member of this uh, group, we definitely recommend getting a copy of our best-selling book, App Secrets. You can get it on Amazon for uh, I think it's like twenty-five bucks, or we'd be happy to actually go ahead and ship you a free copy as well. Um, just go ahead and fill your details out in the um, the link below. And we'll, have, we'll be sure to give you a free copy of the book, App Secrets.
1: Yeah, that's a great offer. And we'll have a link to it as well on the show notes page. Uh, was there another way you wanted people to perhaps respond to get in more information? I think you had mentioned.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you're on the go and you're on mobile right now and you don't want to go down and click, uh, you can also text. Um, so if you text the number one nine, nine, six, uh, text app secrets, uh, to again, three one nine, 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 six. We'll go ahead and text you the, uh, the link to, uh, to get a copy of the best selling book. Uh, and then we'll also be able to uh, offer you that uh, free consulting call as well.
1: Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that and offering the free book. I appreciate that. Uh, speaking of books, you had mentioned reach that poor dad earlier. Is there another book that comes to mind besides your own that you would recommend?
0: Yeah, for those that um, are, are really high achievers uh, and are looking to be able to really focus and, and kind of almost double your business, uh, one thing is really understanding the power of focus and, uh, and priorities. Uh, and so one of my favorite books that I recently read is called The One Thing. Uh, by Gary Keller. It's about the surprising simple truth beyond extraordinary results, which is really focusing on you know your, your priorities. And it really, it's a very simple book that kind of breaks down exactly how to be able to really grow your business by really understanding the one core uh, items that you can implement, uh, such by doing so, uh, you'll be able to really double your business by focusing the right traits.
1: Great. Thanks for that recommendation. I've read that one as well. That's another good one. We'll have links to the one thing, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and to Sean Casto's book App Secrets on the show notes page, or take advantage of the free download. Definitely, take advantage of the free download for his book. That's a great way to to get started. Um, you had mentioned before we started recording that you you've got a new goal for yourself to read. How many books you said? A book
0: a week, actually. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of pretty aggressive. I, before uh, last year, I was doing about two books. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, two books a month. And now the goal is to do a book a week. So I'm pretty excited about it. Uh,
1: how are you ac- planning to accomplish that? I'm curious, are you going to block off a certain amount of time? Or how are you going to make sure you get that done?
0: Yeah, honestly, it's all about really uh, prioritizing and time blocking, uh, really putting that in the calendar to be able to say, you know, hey, I'm gonna put an hour here, hour there uh, to be able to, uh, you know, read this book.
1: Yeah, I love that. All right, Sean, what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation that we've had about apps?
0: Uh, the one thing I would uh, like you to take away is that, you know, anyone can really achieve success in this business. You just really understand the traits and, and techniques that the most successful apps incorporate. Uh, again, do what works and, and work with the right people that can guide you in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, for me, it's not that it was surprising, but, but it's a great, great eye opener that it's all about the marketing. And uh, if you don't have the marketing behind it, you're just not going to get discovered. I mean, the, the sheer numbers of it make it that it's impossible to get discovered almost if you don't have the marketing behind it. It's so true. Yeah. Where do you want us to go again online to find out more? Uh, you can go to preapps.com,
0: preapp scom uh, You can also go to Amazon, find App Secrets, or again, you can text us at 31996, uh, text the word App Secrets, and we'll text you a link.
1: Sean, this has been a great conversation. We could go on for another hour at least, but I uh, appreciate you sharing the insights and the free offer. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The Howa Business. My guest again today was Sean Casto. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, and at our website, thehowabusiness.com. You can also text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to receive more information. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit
0: thehowofbusiness.com.